start a new series, um, Suffering as a Christian, because we want to is, uh, explore this topic of Christian suffering as to you know, what, is, what does the Bible teach on this subject, because there are a, a number of schools of thought in with regards to this particular topic. There are those who would teach us that uh, the Christian is not meant to suffer at all, that the Christian is meant to live a victorious life and not incur any, any forms of suffering in this life. And in fact, they take that teaching to the point that uh, the church is meant to take dominion in the earth. And um, when our Lord Jesus Christ uh, returns to the earth, that the church is then to deliver the kingdoms of the world to the Lord, because the church is now living victoriously and reigning in the earth. And then there are those who would teach pretty much on the other side of the coin, and they would teach that um, we are meant to suffer in this life. And in fact, we're meant to suffer um, a myriad a number of different adversities that could occur in the life of the believer, including sickness and poverty. And we're to incur all of that type of suffering as believers. And so we have these two different uh, schools of thought, which are pretty much at opposite ends of the pole to each other. They are two different extremes. And so what we want to look at in this series is just what the Bible actually does teach on the subject of suffering. Um, is it uh, scriptural for Christians to suffer? And if it is, uh, what kind of suffering should the Christians expect to suffer in this life? And so that's uh, the question we want to ask and answer in this series. And so we're going to ask, uh, to open up, we're going to ask the question, are we called to suffer? And uh, we're going to have a look at what our Lord Jesus Christ taught us on the subject firstly, and then we'll move on to what the Apostles taught us in the Scriptures as well. But let's first open up with what our Lord Jesus taught us on the subject of are we meant to suffer in this life <coughs> Excuse me, as believers in Christ Jesus. And so the Scripture we'll open up with is in John chapter 16, verse 33. Um, this is our Lord speaking, and he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so our Lord very plainly tells us in this passage of Scripture that in the world we will have tribulation. He's talking to his church, for he says, In me you have peace. It's only those who are in Christ who enjoy the peace of Christ. And so what our Lord tells us very plainly here is that as his believers in this world, we will have tribulation. But he gives us the attitude that we are to do, display when we encounter tribulation. For he says, we are to be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. So he tells us um, what our viewpoint about tribulation should be. Um, is that we're to be of good cheer. And the reason he says we can do that is because he has already overcome the world on our behalf. But nevertheless, the, the Lord makes very clear to us in this passage that as he's believers, because he's not talking about the world here, he's talking about those who are in him, um, that, that we would experience tribulation in this world. And so, you know, that's one uh, warning, not a warning, but that is one admonition that the Lord has given to His church on this subject. Let's have a look at another passage of Scripture where our Lord 
taught pretty much on the same um, concept, and that is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. Again, this is our Lord Jesus speaking, and the scripture says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And so this is a very um, well-known passage of Scripture when our Lord taught on the sower sowing the word. And that particular parable that our Lord taught on uh, pertains to salvation. And in that parable, our Lord identified four different categories of individuals. The first category were the, the, the grouping of people who heard the gospel preached, didn't understand it, and were thus not saved. The second category is this category that we're dealing with now. The third category are those who received the gospel, heard it, understood it, became born again, but our Lord didn't describe about the fact that they became entangled with the affairs of this life, thorns and snares. And so they didn't bring any fruit um, to fruition in the kingdom of God. The fourth category were those who received the word of God and brought fruit, uh, forth fruit, um, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. But it is this category that our Lord mentioned specifically about tribulation and persecution. Now, when our Lord mentions tribulation and persecution with regards to this second category of believers, for the first category were not believers, the, the next three categories were believers. They all were born again, including this grouping here. For our Lord says, um, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And so they get born again, they come into the kingdom of God. Um, and so all three categories... Uh, even the ones who are very fruitful in the kingdom of God, those that fourth category that produces a hundredfold, all of them encounter this point in verse 17 that our Lord speaks about. He says, And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And so our Lord says here, when tribulation or persecution arises. Not if tribulation or persecution arises, but when. And so it's a guarantee. Again, that uh, pre previous passage we looked at, our Lord said that we will have tribulation in this world. And so again, our Lord just emphasizes the truth here that His saints will encounter tribulation and persecution. And now He says that we'll encounter that for the Word's sake. And so it's obviously it's because we have become born-again believers, followers of Christ, that as Christians we will encounter tribulation and persecution. Now he says that this particular category, when they encounter tribulation and persecution, immediately they stumble. Uh, another gospel account says they fall away. Now why is that? He says here they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Now that root that they don't have in themselves is they're not grounded in the Word of God. And so when persecution and tribulation does arise in their lives um, because they have now converted to becoming Christians, uh, nobody has prepared them for the tribulation and persecution that arises in their lives. 
And so you know, when it does happen, it takes them completely by surprise. They're unprepared for it. They don't expect it because nobody's told them that you know when you come into this kingdom, um, there's a lot of good stuff in this kingdom. And obviously we're talking about eternal life and salvation. But when we come into this kingdom, there are going to be seasons of tribulation and persecution that will come into the believer's life because you have become a Christian. And so these particular believers uh, endured only for a time, but when the persecution or affliction arose in their lives, tribulation arose in their lives, because of the word's sake, in other words, because they had converted to Christianity, um, the Bible says, our Lord says, immediately they stumble. So it, it just gives us an indication that they are completely um, unaware of the fact that they are going to encounter tribulation and persecution. And so they're not prepared for it. When it does arise, they you know, look around and say, but wait a minute, why should I have to go through this? I was better off in the world before I'm, I converted to Christianity. I don't need to go through this kind of uh, tribulation and persecution. Um, thank you very much. I'll give up on you know, following after Christianity. This is not for me. And so, again, our Lord tells us when persecution and tribulation arise. And so, it's again, our Lord is not saying, guys, this, is, this will happen to some of His saints, and some of His saints, this will not occur. But this is going to happen to all of His saints. And so, it's very important for us as believers to look at what our Lord says about the subject so that we can approach the subject with uh, balance that we don't think that when we come into the kingdom that everything's just going to be you know, hunky-dory. There's going to be no opposition because that is actually not the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is when persecution and tribulation arises for the word's sake. Tribulation and persecution, persecution will arise in the life of the believer for the word's sake at some point in time. And the believer does need to be... Um, made aware of that so that when it does arise they don't get taken by surprise and they don't then uh, fall away. Let's have a look at another passage of scripture where our Lord again speaks about the same subject. So we're getting kind of a, an indication as to what the Lord Jesus Christ's view is about suffering among the saints because we're wanting to, we're asking the question, are we called to suffer? And we're now looking what our Lord Jesus, the head of the church, has said on the subject. And so, you know, we've seen a couple of scriptures so far where our Lord has very plainly told us, yes, we are. Let's look at another scripture, John's Gospel, chapter 15, beginning at verse 18. Again, the Lord Jesus speaking. And he says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And so our Lord is just saying, guys, you cannot, you're not going to be greater than your master. Jesus is our master. 
and the servant is not greater than his master. And so he, he does the comparative with his own life, and he says, Christian, benchmark your life against my life. And he says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Now, did they persecute our Lord Jesus? Most definitely, yes. He was persecuted all his life. Even from a youth, the, the Psalms tells us that he, were, he suffered persecution um, as a, 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 a godly person. The um, Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, teaches us in uh, Timothy's writings, or the, the letter to Timothy, that he who desires to live a godly life will suffer persecution. And our Lord Jesus was the most godly man that ever lived. And so he certainly did suffer persecution. We think about when our Lord went to the cross, when he was persecuted um, at that time. But that's not the only time our Lord suffered persecution. It was throughout his life that he incurred persecution because he lived a godly lifestyle. And when uh, one lives a godly lifestyle, in an ungodly environment, they stand out like a, a, a neon light, or, you know, and it just attracts different um, responses. Because our Lord did say, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And so there are going to be two basic responses that the Christians will encounter in their walk in this life. And that is that they are get, they're going to encounter persecution. Um, because our Lord Jesus encountered persecution. Our Lord is very plain on the subject. He says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Did they persecute the Lord? Yes. So does that mean they will persecute us? Yes. Um, again, our Lord is very um, adamant about this. It's not a case of, yeah, it might happen, might not. He said, if they did it to me, they might do it to you. No, they will do it to you. Then he goes on to say, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And so there are going to be that grouping of individuals who will not persecute Christians, but who will be receptive of the gospel message that the Christian pro proclaims, not only through that which they say, but through the godly lifestyles that they live as a witness to those around them. And so, because the, the Christian is now displaying the life of Christ, um, two things are going to occur. The ungodly are going to want to persecute that Christian because they're uncomfortable with that lifestyle. Because light shows up darkness, and darkness doesn't like light. Um, and so, there's going to be that opposition. But there are going to be those who are going to be attracted to the light. There were many who were attracted to our Lord Jesus when he was on the earth. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They, they wanted to follow after his example. And our Lord said, if they kept my word, and there were, not a lot, but there were those who kept the Lord's word, they will keep yours also. And so we will experience both sides of the coin. As Christians, we will experience persecution because our Lord was persecuted. And we will experience acceptance because our Lord was accepted in certain um, parts of society. And so that's the kind of um, reception that the Christian is expected to anticipate having in this world. And so when we become Christians and you know, we're now telling everybody we've given our heart to Christ... 
Don't get confused if there are some people in your circle that you used to be friendly with who no longer want anything to do with you. That's exactly what happened in our Lord's life. Uh, you know, when he went into ministry, there were people that cut him off. They didn't want anything more to do with him. Think about his hometown of Nazareth. They tried to kill him. Um, before that, he was accepted. He was the carpenter living in this town of Nazareth. The Bible says God gave him favor. Um, and so it, it wasn't the case of everybody was against the Lord, but there were many who did not like the Lord Jesus. And so when we display the Christian life through our lifestyle, there will be many who will not be appreciative of that. Darkness does not like light. But on the other hand, there will be those who will accept us. And so our Lord, again, he's just saying, guys, you're not any better than me. And so if this is what I incurred, this is what you're going to incur. Again, our Lord is very plain on the subject. He says that if they persecuted me, which they did, they will persecute you also, which they will. And so we as Christians need to be um, very uh, aware of this and not get taken by surprise when people actually don't like you because you're a Christian. Um, you, not everybody is going to like the light that shines from you. Our Lord put it right at the outset. He says, um, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And so there are these two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of, of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness does not like the kingdom of light. And that includes every unbeliever out there. Now, there are unbelievers out there whom God has deemed um, or appointed to eternal life. Now, they will, when God uh, chooses to bring them into the kingdom, see the light and come into the kingdom. Think about Paul. Well, Paul said, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me, um, he made his son known to me, and, he, and Paul was obviously born again on the road to Damascus. But prior to that, Paul literally hated the Christians, and he tried to destroy them. Um, and that's the kind of attitude of a lot of people who are in the world. They do not like Christianity. Think about... Um, religions that are completely against Christianity, the Muslim religion for argument's sake, um, you know, they, they just do not like the gospel message. And in many Muslim nations today, the gospel message cannot be proclaimed. Uh, you cannot go into those nations. Uh, as a Christian, you have to go in by some other method and then try and um, share the gospel in that way. But, so our Lord again is very plain on, this, on the subject that, guys, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But it's not everybody. But there are going to be, in fact, it, it, it will be the majority. Because not uh, the majority of the world do not accept the gospel. Uh, if it weren't the case, if that weren't the case, well then we would see the majority of the world would be Christians today in the earth. But that's not the case. The Christians are in the minority. And so the, the, the majority of the world do not like the gospel. And um, so we, we should expect to not always have a very good reception in society because we're Christians. Let's look at again what else our Lord said on this subject because we're answering the question, are we called to suffer as Christians? And now we're asking our Lord Jesus, what does he have to say about that? And so another scripture where our Lord spoke on the same subject, 
Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 6, verse 22 to 23. Our Lord speaking, he says, Blessed are you when men love you. No, he actually didn't say that. He said, Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil. Why, Lord? For the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy. For indeed, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner, their fathers did to the prophets. And so our Lord, again, um, he just kind of puts it out there. He says, guys, you're blessed when men hate you, exclude you, revile you, and cast out your name as evil. Why would they do that? For the Son of Man's sake. In other words, these are people who are suffering for being Christians. And so we're seeing a, a kind of a pattern here. Definitely our Lord is saying we're going to suffer in, in this world. We're going to incur tribulation. But we're seeing that our Lord is linking the Christian suffering to the fact that they are Christians. And so that's a very important truth that we need to pick up on. And we'll explore it more as we go into this series as to why we're called to suffer and what type of suffering we're called to, to incur. At this time, we're just asking, Lord, are we called to suffer? Because, again, as I said right at the outset, there are these two camps, kind of, that teach. One says, just live a victorious life, blessed of the Lord all the time, nothing going wrong. The other camp says, no, we're meant to incur tribulation and persecution all the time and never enjoy things in life. And so the two are pretty much at odds with each other. We're wanting to see what the Word of God says on the Scripture. And again, whenever there are two extremes taught on any truth, know very clearly that the, the truth of the Word of God is in the middle, the balance. Because the, the Bible is always balanced on any topic. There's no extremism taught in Scripture. There's always a balance to it. And so our Lord is answering the question for us, are we called to suffer? And so far, He's answered very clearly, yes, we are called to suffer. But He has always, when He speaks on the subject, by and large, linked it with the, the, the type of suffering that the Christians meant to incur. And that is, we're meant to suffer for the Son of Man's sake. And so it's giving us a bit of an indication as to what type of suffering Christians are meant to incur. But he links it, to, he, he kind of gives us an example. He said, For in like manner their father did to the prophets. And so our Lord is saying, Look at the Old Testament prophets and how the children of Israel treated them, and you can then ex get an indication as to how the world will treat you. Um, because that is really the. the, the Analogy that we can that the Lord puts across in this passage of Scripture. And so, if we go look at the Old Testament prophets, um, very few, if any, were ever really accepted by the Jews. Um, most of them were persecuted by the Jews. Now, there were some that were kind of revered. I think, think about the prophet Samuel, for argument's sake. Um, that you know, Israel kind of you know were almost fearful of him. When he went into the one town, uh, I forget which town it was, where um, I think he was going to anoint David, and he goes to the town, and the elders of the town you know, were fearful, and they said, do you come peaceably? And he said, yes, I've come peaceably, We're going to, I'm going to offer a sacrifice. Um, because the, some of the Lord's prophets under the Old Covenant were actually feared by the children of Israel, because 
of the anointing that was upon them, the authority that was upon them. But majority of our Lord's prophets were persecuted for proclaiming the word of the Lord. Uh, think about Jeremiah. There were many prophets of the Lord that were persecuted, stoned, killed, uh, martyred, because God sent them to proclaim his gospel. And they were not well received among the Jews. Now our Lord says, the way that the, the Jews treated the prophets under the Old Covenant, we can then expect as believers to be treated by the world under the New Covenant. But it's not always the case. I mean, again, as I say, you know, there were prophets. Daniel, we don't see him being... Per well, he was hated, but uh, God blessed him. Um, and so there were prophets that were... Uh, the Lord did give favor to, uh, even among the, the, the children of Israel and even in the world. But by and large, the majority of the Lord's prophets really went through a torrid time. Even Elijah. I mean, you know, he had to go live out in a cave and he lived out in the wilderness. John the Baptist lived out in the, in the wilderness. Uh, these were men that were not accepted by society um, because of the lifestyle they led and the message they proclaimed. And so as Christians, when we live a godly lifestyle and proclaim the message of salvation, we should not become confused when the world hates us as a result of that. Because our Lord says, we need to have a different attitude. Again, remember our Lord said, you know, we're to rejoice. And so again, he says here, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. So our Lord, again, just puts the persecution that the Christian is meant to undergo in this life into perspective. He does that by putting it into an eternal perspective. For our Lord says, for great is your reward where? On earth? No. He says, in heaven. And so our rewards are in heaven will only be um, bestowed upon us on our day of judgment. And so that is why our Lord says we need, we need to get an eternal perspective on persecution in this life because it can become very trying. There's nothing uh, fun about being persecuted and ostracized. Look at what he says here. Men will hate you. They will exclude you. They will revile you and they will cast out your name as evil. There's nothing pleasant about that in the natural when people exclude you. They don't want to have anything to do with you. Why? Because you're a Christian. They don't, they, they revile you. They, they mock you. Oh, that's a you know, born-again believer. He, he believes in all these weird things. Um, even within the church, it does happen sometimes. That shame that Christians get persecuted by fellow Christians because of the stand they take as a godly believer. Um, and so there's nothing in the natural. There's nothing pleasant about it. And so our Lord put, brings it into perspective by saying, guys, think about it in the eternal. eternal because he says... This is your attitude. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Why, Lord? For indeed your reward is great in this life. No, your reward is great in heaven. And so we look to the eternal reward. We must be focused on eternity uh, because that's where we will spend eternity. And, you know, uh, it's always a good thing to have an eternal reward in store for us on that day. Let's have a look at another passage of Scripture where our Lord again spoke on the same subject. We're asking our Lord Jesus, Lord, is it scriptural for your saints to suffer in this life? And so far our Lord has answered yes to, it, it, to the affirmative that uh, we were meant 
to suffer in this life. He said, Lord, I thought you, you came to give us life and, and, and life more abundantly. He did, but there's going to be persecution and tribulation that goes along with it. And so it's a balance. So it's not, complete, not all persecution. So again, you know, those who teach that you know, we should only be persecuted and we should only suffer tribulation from the time we're born again until the time we die is, uh, and go to be with the Lord. It's a time of suffering, but no, there's, there are definitely, in Scripture, there's seasons. Um, it's not a case of being persecuted 24-7 uh, for the rest of your Christian walk. That's not the case at all. But... Are we called to suffer? Yes, so far our Lord has answered in the affirmative. Let's have a look at another uh, teaching the Lord gave on the same subject again. Matthew 24, verse 9 to 22. Again, our Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking. He says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my Lord for my name's sake. There he's linking the Christianity to the suffering again. And so we're getting an idea as to the type of suffering Christians are meant to incur. And then many will be offended. He's talking about his believers and will betray one another and will hate one another. This is a very sad passage of scripture because our Lord is saying the persecution is going to increase, guys. And when it does, many of his saints will become offended. Remember we saw that earlier passage where our Lord spoke about those who endured only for a time, but when tribulation or persecution arose for the word's sake, they became offended and they, they, they fell away. And so he says here, many will be offended. This our Lord is referring to uh, the falling away that the Apostle Paul spoke about in the book of Thessalonians uh, that will occur in the last days. In verse 11 he says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Again, talking about his saints. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world, until this time no nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened. And so our Lord is talking about the end times here very clearly. Um, and he's talking more specifically about the tribulation, the great tribulation that the Jewish nation will go through. Um, when the Antichrist uh, stands in the temple and uh, he begins his reign in the earth, that, that's when our Lord warns his saints in Judea to flee to the mountains, not the rest of the world, only those in Judea, because they're going to incur a tremendous amount of persecution. Now, that persecution will spread throughout the earth. We're not going to touch on their end-time teachings today. But at the opening of this passage, our Lord says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will become offended, will betray one another, and hate one another. And so, clearly, as we draw closer to the end of the age, 
the persecution and tribulation against the Lord's saints will increase. And because of that increase taking place in tribulation and persecution, a lot of Christians are not going to uh, endure that. Because he goes on to say, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And so it's so important for, our, uh, for Christians to see what our Lord Jesus Christ does say on the subject. He does very clearly tell us that as believers we can expect tribulation and persecution in this life for his name's sake. Again, he links it to being a Christian. Now that persecution will increase in the earth and it is already increasing in the earth. Um, it is common knowledge that Christianity is the most persecuted religion. I know we're not, we, we, we don't teach that we're a religion, we, we're part of the kingdom of God, but I'm talking about just st statistics now. Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the earth today. And that persecution is increasing. There, were, there was at one time certain continents where it was unheard of that Christians were persecuted on those continents. But now there's not one continent on the earth today where persecution against Christianity is unheard of. It is on the increase. And Christians need to be made aware of that and be prepared for that. And so you can see that the gospel message that is distorted, that proclaims that Christians are meant to live victorious and reign victorious and deliver up the kingdoms of the world to the Lord when he returns, that is not a, a very, that is a distorted gospel and that's not a message from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in fact a message contrary to our Lord Jesus. For our Lord Jesus, specifically in this passage, tells us that as we draw closer to the end of the age, the persecution will increase. It's not going to abate, it's not going to get less, it's going to get, go greater, get greater, should I say. And so Christians need to be aware of that and be prepared for that because our Lord does warn us. He says in verse 10, and then many will be offended. Now those who are offended are those who didn't expect the persecution to come because, you know, Lord, I'm supposed to live victoriously. I'm supposed to uh, reign victoriously, not only with you, but present the kingdoms of the world to you when you return. And that's not happening. I'm incurring more and more persecution because I'm a Christian. And so a lot of Christians will become offended and fall away from following after Christ. That's what Paul talks about, the falling away must come first. And so, again, our Lord Jesus, in, in, in all of these scriptures that we have looked at, has very plainly taught his church to, that we will encounter in this life persecution and tribulation. He always links it to the fact that it's because we're Christians, for His name's sake, that we encounter this persecution and tribulation. And so, again, our Lord is just giving us an indication as, the, as to the type of suffering that we're meant to incur. Again, think about the other group in there that I spoke about at the, at the outset. There is that grouping of teaching in the church that says we're meant to encounter all sorts of suffering and persecution all the time. Um, and that's not a balanced uh, viewpoint either. Because whenever our Lord did speak about tribulation and persecution, He always linked it to us for His name's sake, for the gospel's sake, for the word's sake, for being Christians, for living godly lifestyles. And so that's the, the type of suffering that our Lord taught His church to expect. And He always linked that type of suffering to the fact that we are His disciples. And so very clearly our Lord has answered 
um, in this teaching that we looked at this morning, um, the question for us, Lord, are we called to suffer in this life? And our Lord has said, yes, we are. We're not greater than our master. He incurred persecution. We will as well. Are we meant to incur persecution all the time? No. We, there's going to be seasons. Why, Lord, will we incur persecution? For his name's sake. And so that's the, the balance that we need to uh, look at. Uh, we're going to end the teaching on that point today. In the next teaching, we're going to look at what our Lord's apostles taught on this particular subject. Because we do. We need to understand what does the gospel message actually teach with regards to suffering. And we're seeing that our Lord has taught very plainly that as Christians, we are called to suffer in this life. And we have that eternal perspective on it because our Lord says, great is your reward in heaven if you incur uh, Christian suffering. We're going to end the teaching on that one today. Amen.